Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this just in. It's Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you are at your place for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Rausch, and the gorgeous Scott Goyette. <laughs> Scott Goyette. Scott David Goyette. What's going on? Let me just tell you something. Stop what you're doing right now. Ladies and gentlemen, stop what you're doing right now. Listen to Scott Goyette. What's going on, buddy? Oh, man. I uh, I actually just had a, uh, uh, not a wall, wardrobe malfunction, a, um, a bottom line is my chair just broke. Like I, I just had to run and get another chair. The wheel came off it and I literally tipped over and fell off my chair. So that's what's happening right now. That's real world stuff right there. Let's do that live though. Come on. Why do you got to do that before we go? It's like, oh, crash. Oh, look, I got, where's I got, I got my wheel down there. Put your put your feet up. You're just blowing the wheels off your chair because you're so excited for our guest tonight. I'm sure that's what it is. So how's your week been, man? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. A lot of interesting new stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's been a been a good week. Been crazy, like always. Yeah. Very crazy. How about you? It's been good. It's been good. It started off a little rough. I'll admit it started off a little rough, but I uh, made my mind up on, what was it, Wednesday? Yeah, I made my mind up on Wednesday. I was going to shift things around and then shifting it. And one of the greatest things, I haven't even had a chance to tell you this, is the pain in my back and my leg for some reason, I, I mean, I understand this, has has improved markedly. I mean, it's like improved wow. drastically. Remember I told you that one day I couldn't yeah. even walk, it shifted my left side. And I said, and I said, because people are like, 75 hearts killing you, Chris, you know, you should stop, you know, you need to go see a doctor, all this bullshit. And I was just like, no, what if, what if my, what if my my muscles are getting stronger. What if my spine is shifting? What if that disc shift and maybe it shifted over there because those few, those few days I was like, shit, am I going to need surgery next week? And then just sticking with it and doing all the programs and everything. The last two, I've not gone for a, a traditional walk. Like I told you before, I used to go walk five miles. I can't, I couldn't walk 10 minutes, but today I walked around my garage for like an hour and a half moving stuff and everything. And for the most part, the pain was almost not there. So my week has been amazing connecting with lots of people, making impact. Um, yeah, it's all good. I love it. Yeah, I mean, all those things you're doing are reducing inflammation. I mean, if you're not drinking, if you're eating better foods, if you're losing weight, I mean, there's going to be less inflammation on the body. I mean, there's no way that over time that's not going to be a good thing. So it's it was a matter of time. It's good that it happens sooner than later. At least the process is starting because, dude, you got to get rid of that pain. You got to have that mobility and functionality. Dude, dude, dude. When you don't have it, you just, I mean, just being able to walk. Like, seriously, I, I told you about the flat tire, right? No. Tire. Okay, so... So this is what I found. I think it was Wednesday. I went for my bike ride, my two, 10 and a half mile bike ride. And as luck would have it, I was having all these weird, like I told you before, all this weird shit was happening. I was like, what the fuck is this? All this stuff happening for, you know, and, you know, kind of going down that vortex of, okay, now more shit's happening. I get to the furthest spot on my bike ride, uh, which is, I guess it's 10 and a half miles. So 5.2 miles. I get a flat tire and I'm, I've really been riding my bike for, for 20, 30 years. I think I've had a flat tire on the road, like once or twice, boom, it's flat. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've got a spare. Forgot I used the spare when I was camping. No spare tire. Here I am, gimpy, can't really walk, and I am five miles away from my house. So I call my wife. Doesn't answer. Snoring. Great. So I start walking. I'm like, well, let me just see how far I get. I walked four miles, Scott, with my bicycle, and, and it wasn't. I was in pain, but it wasn't too bad. So I was like, the simple acts of the things that we take take granted for are just amazing. So when I just when I'm able to walk, I'm in such a better mood. So yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited for our guest tonight. And uh, I'm excited for the people who are going to get to learn from uh, this discussion. So without any further ado, I think you know our guest tonight. I do. I do. I've met this person before a couple of times. So, so I'm a massive fan of adventure and doing crazy stuff that's semi-calculated. You know, kind of like jump off the cliff, but check to see if there's rocks there first. 
well there's a certain person in my life that is always saying like i don't know maybe you should look for the rocks i don't know you know always a little nervous to kind of take that step but very super organized person and somebody who will always do the work and do the due diligence to make sure that the fun is had and the adventure is had so together with this person we've made some amazing decisions and partnerships and you know done a lot of things to really explore the world in a very interesting way so much so that you know i'm married to this person so without further ado my wife kimberly goyette kimberly goyette welcome Hi. to the unfiltered experience how are you this evening darling i'm doing good how are you hey we're ready to rock and roll yes you know i only I'm only called Kimberly when I'm in trouble, so I must be in trouble. It's true, actually. That's true. Actually, no, oh, you know, I never heard him call you Kimberly either. I'm like, is this some sort of official thing? It's like, a, oh, this is a business thing right now. This is not a marriage thing. You're Kimberly. I'm more like Kim, Kimmy, Kimmy. Kimbo. <laughs> Kimmy. I don't know about Kimbo. I don't know if I've ever called you Kimbo. No. But probably, probably, probably Kimmy a lot. I'll go with Kimmy. Right. Right. Yeah. Nice. nice to see you guys. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Yeah. Thank you, thank well, you. we're excited to have you here and be able to talk about this discussion and talk about your personal lives in front of millions of people. I love that. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. So, so first things, first things, let's just jump right into it. So congratulations, best-selling book. Talk to us about that process of deciding to write a book about your family's travels and put it all out there. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So um, some of you may know, some of you may not know, but Scott, my daughter, who was 11, and I took off in 2018 for a year and we traveled around the world and we had such a large experience. Not only was it fabulous, we saw things that we never thought that even existed on the planet, but it was also extremely challenging. We made so many mistakes, I mean, big, big mistakes. And so when I got back, I knew that I had to share our story because I wanted to inspire people to live their wildest travel dreams, but not have to go through the, all the challenges that we went through. So I laid it out in a pretty simple step-by-step -step format of how to plan world travel or long-term travel. And that was my inspiration. Nice. So when you say biggest mistakes, what was one of the biggest ones that that, that kind of hit you and what did you learn most from it? Oh, gosh, there was there was so many. We're, there's a story in the book where we got uh, trapped on Gilligan's Island, which no is, way. yeah, it was, kind of, it was in Colombia. We were kind of trapped there with no, um, I mean, barely shelter, barely, uh, barely water, no electricity, no connection to anybody else. And, and it was a total faux pas on our, on our part. Scott did a lot of research and talked to the people that owned the place that we were going to, but it was presented to us in a totally different way. And they wouldn't let us leave really. It was kind of crazy. It was a little scary. But, um, but it ended up in the book, we talked a little bit about the challenges that we went through and how we grew from them. And, and it was right in the beginning of our travel. So we were very um, grateful for all the amenities and things that we had the rest of the trip because it was such a big challenge on, uh, on the island. <laughs> so Scott, looking back, what, what could you have done differently to, to vet that out? Or is that just something that may be a surprise to a traveler? They think they vet everything out and they show up and it's like, wait a minute, this looks like the cheeseburger thing. That doesn't look like the cheeseburger on the commercial. How do people circumvent that or they just have to deal with it? It's this simple. Trust volumes of reviews. Don't trust one person. I had a friend of a friend 
who got on the phone with me and said, we've got this amazing community. We want you to bring Go Love down, down here. We've got an amazing retreat center. It's, it's incredible. It's one of the big up and coming retreat centers. And we're talking about retreat centers we go to in Costa Rica that are, you know, five-star rustic, but it's, you know, it's still Costa Rica. It's beautiful. So I'm explaining that, showing her where we're used to staying. And they're saying, oh, this will be even better because it's going to be more remote. It's going to be beautiful. Chris, read the book. And I'll just tell you this. When we got there, we had to hold our bags over our heads. Waves were hitting us. We had to jump out of our boat. We've got all of our computers, everything for the full year. I know that the whole thing was like insane nightmare. By day two, Kayla was covered in bug bites. So was I. I hadn't slept because you could hear people walking through the woods at night. And we're completely open. They could just come in and kill us. So I'm, I don't know where I am in Colombia. I'm listening to these people go, oh, it's okay. We'll walk through the woods at night. And I'm like, F that. So I'm, I'm like this wide awake. So during the day, I'm trying to sleep. But I can't sleep because it's 150 degrees. It was my absolute nightmare. Even talking about it right now, my blood pressure is going up. I'm, I will say this. When we got on that plane, they gave us each a fruit box. Mine was mango. I will never forget it. I don't even like mango. Yeah, fruit juice, yeah. It was a fruit juice box. Chris, I must look like a two-year-old. I put the straw and I went, I'm like, and I just remember looking over at Kim and Kayla and I go, oh, like the craziest. The best look. drink ever. <laughs> How long were you there for? 10 days we're, of hell. Yeah. We were supposed to be there 12. We ended up making it eight days. Whatever yeah. it was. And then we had it, then we escaped. <laughs> and all the all the gory details are in the book, and and it's uh and there's a lot a moral to the story. The moral to the story is do your research, but don't over research things because half the fun of travel is the unknown, right? So you don't want to plan too much and miss out on all the what ifs and opportunities that you have just to you know come across something that's really fabulous or bump into someone where they recommend going somewhere and which happened throughout our entire trip. That was the what the Gilligan's Island story was a huge faux pas, but that wasn't the majority of the trip. The majority of the trip was really like wow experiences. No, that happened perfectly to give us an imme immense baseline of gratitude. Like yeah. it was incredible <laughs> because I'll tell you this, when I was sleeping on a Marriott bed, I was like, like had my arms out. I had my face in the pillow. I was like, Oh my God. Like the appreciation level was through the roof. So yeah. Yeah. It was only like a 75 thread count, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, I don't know if there's any threads like, on it. It's a Brillo pad. Let's, let's pause for a second and say hello to our beautiful people that are here with us tonight. Barsha, what's up? She says, awesome. Patricia's in the house. Hello, Patricia. She says, hello, lovely. Uh, Robert says, good evening, Christopher, Kim. Congratulations to and Scott. Um, yes, Patricia says, hello. Uh, Robert says, I can do heart emoji again. Woohoo! It's the simple <laughs> pleasures in life. Simple go. pleasures in life. Um, <laughs> thank you guys all for being here, whether you guys are watching live or on the replay. As always, you guys are involved in the conversation, so engage with us. Ask our guest any particular questions you would like. Um, and thank you guys all for being here. So when you think about planning, <clears throat> there's there's two scopes that I think you could have gone in. I'm interested to see what your perspective's on, knowing both of you. What was the planning process looking like for you for a year-long trip? Did you take a year to do it? Did you take a couple of months? Talk to us about that process and, and how, as a family, you decided. Yeah, so so that's a great question. I would say even though we were going for a full year, we didn't do the heavy duty planning until about six months out. 
And part of our funding, our trip was we were renting our home and we have a little cabin about an hour away from our home in Austin. So part of the, the income plan was to rent both of those. And we put them on the market and man, it came down to the wire about three weeks out from when we were leaving, we still hadn't had them rented and we were stressing out. So, you know, there's a whole, there's all different ways to fund your trip and, and you, we can get into that a little bit, but the planning part of it, I would say it was heavy duty and intense for about six months. But, you know, with all the planning, getting the homes ready, you know, doing everything that you need to do in order to walk away from your life for a year, um, you know, as soon as we shut the door, it was like all that tension just released. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this is our life. This is so amazing. So, yeah, it's worth all the stress. It is intense, but it's worth it. Oh, God. What's your perspective, Scott? Yeah, like her, her point of that is that year, like that, that year of planning, like, I mean, here's the thing. We put so much unnecessary stress on ourselves. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And even though I preach not to do that, in the middle of that time frame, I think we were both doing it. And the minute we realized it was going to work, because we're always talking about surrender, surrender, you know, surrender the river. Well, a lot of that has come through personal experience where we're preaching it, but we're not always practicing it. This was the final moment in recent history that fully made me embrace that process of surrender. Because we saw the universe say, I got you. Shut the hell up and get on the plane. I got you. Yeah. To a point that we were literally on the plane. The phone rang while we're taking off for our first flight. And it's the realtor going, got the cabin rented. The second home was rented on the, the tarmac. No yeah. joke. Yeah. And that's when we literally both kind of went. We literally looked at each other. We go, let's get a couple drinks. <laughs> like we were like, let's have a few drinks. And we were completely cool from then on in. Yeah. I think I would have had the drinks beforehand. I already um, had drinks. Who am I kidding? I yeah, had exactly. Drinks. I mean, Jesus. So for the point of people watching this at home, um, how old was Kayla and what was the perspective on her taking a year to go do this? I mean, because I imagine people would be planning vacations with their family and talk to us a little bit about, you know, what what is a good age for kids to start going and uh, and talk to us about that process with her. Yeah. So we we thought about it. You know, we Scott and I knew maybe six years prior to our trip that we wanted to do this, but Kayla was only in kindergarten and we didn't feel like that was the right time to go. We wanted her to have a lot of stamina, to remember the trip, to really enjoy the experiences and to and to be able to, you know, keep up because it, you know, traveling around the world for a whole year, it can be very exhausting and especially for little ones. So we chose going into her sixth grade year as the year that we wanted to travel. We figured she was old enough, she'd remember things. And then the bonus was that in sixth grade, in social studies, they study world travel. I mean, sorry, world, world history. history. So, so while we were traveling and you know the kids were studying the Panama Canal, we were at the Panama Canal. And when kids were studying Mayan culture, we were sitting with a shaman in Guatemala doing a, his cow ceremony. So, you know, it was like, what better way to learn world, world history and, you know, world studies. So, yeah, it, that's how we chose that age. The other perk that we didn't realize, and we just talked um, to a client about this, is that when you travel, if you're 12 or under, you're still considered a child internationally. But as soon as you turn 13, you're an adult and you have to have a separate room. So it, the costs go way up. You wow. need you need a separate room and a separate hotel room. So things kind of double for you. So, you know, unbeknownst to us, we learned that along the way. And we we're very lucky because she was 11 and turned 12 as we were traveling. So 
Yeah. So, so to that point, like if you're in Colombia and you're traveling with your 13 year old daughter, you have to get two rooms. So you would literally, I would say a good 50% or more of the places that we stayed would have made us get a second room. And that would literally double your, your, your cost as, as far as housing, which is significant. So yeah. we were very lucky with that. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is we wanted her to still like us, you know, like to, <laughs> we wanted her to be. Boy, that's why I asked that question. Like there's a zone, there's a zone between, between yeah. where I love mom and dad and then I don't love mom and dad. And I don't want to be drugged all around the world. So that's why I was asking that. Cause we were actually had the conversation, my wife and I, um, we were planning to go to Italy for next year. And we were like, okay, Jackson will be six. You know, it's massive expensive. We've been saving up for a long time. Like, do we take them? Do we, do we go by ourselves? You know, is he going to remember enough? Is it worth the expense? And we ultimately decided like, let's us go. This is a great yeah. opportunity for us to get Good out call. and really go. And her mom's going to come here and stay with them. We're like, okay, we'll go do something later on. We figured like seven or eight, nine, ten, you know, yeah. more when the memories are established, but you're right. You bring up a great point in that stamina aspect of it, carrying your luggage and having to carry their luggage and everything else. So yes. no, no, thank you for sharing that. What, what, what are her memories now of that trip? And when you talk to her, like, what does she remember everything? Is she, does, is her perspective shifted as she's gotten older now? Like, Oh my God, it was the funnest thing. Now she's older and she's like, yeah, that was gay. Was that? Well, she, so first and foremost, she remembers everything. And she said that she has PTSD a little bit from the trip because we traveled around so much. We, we were, um, I think it was like 47 different flights we were on throughout the year. I mean, it was wow. really, it was really, you know, we're constantly moving. There was a time where we, where we stayed put for about seven or eight weeks. But um, we were moving a lot, so that's that was a lot for her. So, um, so anyway, she looks back on the experience, you know, it, and also she's an only child, so she missed her friends, she missed her family, so that part was challenging. But then there were some really incredible things that we did that she would never be able to do in the U.S. Like she loves to cook; she want, you know, she's always cooking. And so, and when we were in Chile, I connected with a local bakery, and they let her come over every week and bake with them. So that was amazing. So things like that, that you would never be able to do in the U.S., we were able to do with her as we traveled. And then she gets to bake macarons in Paris. And she was yeah. in, um, we were in um, Argentina and Mendoza. And she made like homemade wood-fired pizza with an actual chef. I mean, just like she had a lot of those experiences that were, I mean, when you looked at where we were, it's like you're in the capital of this, like the macarons in France or in Chile in this bakery or in Argentina, like making pizza with in these vineyards. It was just insane. So very special moments. That that is really what was what was the most special moment for each of you during that trip? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Oh like man. there's so many moments where you sit and I mean, I even just in the beginning, we weren't even doing any, anything special, but we went to Colombia. Oh no, I'm sorry, we were in Panama City and we went to um, the old city there and we were sitting on the square drinking a local drink and the breeze was coming through oh. and it was right in the beginning of our trip and the the spanish guitars playing and we just looked at each other i'm like we cannot believe that this is our life i mean it was so no. magical i think i looked at you i go is this our real life and you're like yes we just both started laughing and yeah, just drank like, our drink so we're like yeah. is this shit real yeah. yeah but you know like places you know we went to places that that i i didn't even have any idea existed on the planet as far as beauty and like patagonia was one of them it's such a unique oh. beauty that i had never seen before you know Many of us get to, you know, be blessed to see beaches and things like that, or, you know, the woods or rivers, but Patagonia, it's like, it's um, so unique. It's amazing. Mm, 
One of one of mine, one of mine that real quick that was a funny one was if you remember this, we got into a plane. We we're going to um, I think from Vienna to um, to Poland, and I'm sitting on the plane and I'm really happy and I can't figure out why I'm so happy. And I'm like, I really like this. And and she's like looking at me like, like, are you high or something? I'm like, I really like this plane. I like these people. And then I figured it out. They're Polish. I'm of Polish descent. And I'm sitting there. I just, I, there's something about, we didn't speak the same language. I was just like, I really like these people. I like this plane. And it was wow. some weird connection to Polish people. And I got off the plane really happy. I'm like, it was a guy and a girl flight attendant. Totally remember him. The guy was tall like me. Like, we get like, and, and I just remember thinking, these are my favorite people ever. Because I was like with my people, it was so weird, and I really had a weird energetic connection to the Polish. So <laughs> that's freaky. I would sit there and ask you if drugs were included, but knowing None. you, they probably were. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No, that's, that's 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 actually a trip that you would find yourself connected. Like, wow, you know, I'm with my people. I mean, the energy that's level, and that's the, the 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 same energy level goes goes through that. Um, in planning in planning this trip, I can imagine there was a lot of opportunities to okay, where can we? Because you talked about you know being creative on on uh, renting your house and renting your second house to be able to fund this trip. What were some of the other areas that you learned that you that initially you didn't know you could negotiate, but now but then through that process you knew you can negotiate. Like some people don't know. They, they can negotiate hotel rooms or negotiate travel or whatever it might be. What were some of those things for you that you learned that were able to, um, to save you a lot of money? Oh, Scott, I think that you can handle this one. This, this guy, he was our travel guru the whole time. He's amazing. I, I attest 100% of all our, our amazing finds to him. And what's so incredible is that we, we did our trip, but we had a budget, you know, a daily budget, and it was $60 per day for food and $60 per day for accommodations. And that's it. And we came back with zero debt. And this guy, he, he did it all. He was amazing. And Chris, we weren't, we were staying in like penthouse suites. Like we were like in the five star, like, like it's, and I'll tell you the, the basis of the process is everything that we're always talking about. It's a mindset shift. What I would do is I wouldn't go saying we have to go to these five cities. I would say, we're going in this direction. And so let's say that we're in Santiago. I would look at where are the like five flights that are within proximity of two or three hours. What's the cheapest and what's the cost when I get there? And I can do this within like 10 minutes. And then I'd say, is there Hilton or Marriott or should we go local? And I would have this process where give me two hours and I go, we're going to Mendoza. There's a $58 flight. We can get an upgrade because it's through Star Alliance. And all of a sudden we're going first class. We spent $150 for three people to fly. We found an Airbnb that's this gorgeous apartment. And two minutes later, we're in the most beautiful vineyards in the world because it's the off season. And for $10, our kid is cooking with a private chef and we're getting a tour through the facility and get a bottle of wine for 10 bucks. And so we're out $200 and we just had a first class five-star experience. And that's literally because I said, where is nobody, where is no one going right now? And we went there. That is important. That's a great question. You don't think to ask that. Because uh -huh. they're, they're not going, then obviously they're going to be offering deals and they're going to be doing more stuff to make your experience hopefully more pleasurable. Yep. And we did that like wildfire. And every once in a while, we'd get a cheap flight where stuff was going on. Like we were in um, Vietnam during Chinese or Vietnamese New Year. And we just happened to show up in Hanoi at that time and walk into a place. And we ended up getting a table looking out at this massive fireworks show. It had been like New York City in Times Square. And would we pay 30 bucks for the table or something? Yeah, it was, it was insane. And we're watching yeah. Vietnamese New Year, like this massive celebration, front row seats from a balcony. I'm like, is this real? Yeah. It was. Yeah. So, 
So in, in the book, what was, what was your main intention? Because obviously when you think about it, I'm sure there's hundreds and hundreds, thousands of travel books, you know, people doing the same thing. What was your intention when you were writing it and creating it to, to make it differentiate from the other books? Yeah. So, so I have two intentions. One is to inspire as many people on the planet to live outside the box and really fulfill their dreams, live big, ask for a lot of abundance and receive it. So that's the, one of the big intentions. The other one, I know, you know, for me, when we first started thinking about this trip, it was very overwhelming. There's so many decisions to make. And I wanted to do a step-by-step -step guide that would hold someone's hand and lead them through the process so that they didn't have to endure all the hardships that, that we did. So we did a lot of research. I mean, you know, we I, in the book, I talk about what to pack and how we chose things. I talk about how we chose our route and why. I talk about travel safety. Um, if you have kids, I talk about homeschooling on the road, which it was the first time I ever homeschooled and it ended up being an incredible experience. So there's a lot of different things that I laid out that I feel that would be very beneficial for someone that is even interested in, you know, um, not just traveling for a year, but maybe traveling for a season or a month or first time going international. It can help in so many different aspects. Mm. I love that. Um, when you when you think about, so you guys went in 2019, right? 2018 yeah, to 2019. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you think about life back then, and now of course the world is massively shifted. Um, did you include components of that to, because people's fears now are obviously traveling and am I going to get stuck somewhere? And yeah. you know, is that, is that country going to like me or not like me because I'm American or whatever, but um, is there stuff that you included in there or considered based on the, the difference in times from when you'd actually traveled to now? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So we got back in June of 2019 and really things started rolling with the pandemic in December of that same year. So it was about six months and, you know, we were very lucky the timing to be able to make it back home. Um, but I wrote as I was writing the book and things were unfolding, I dedicated the, the follow up chapter of you know, at the end of the book to um, how travel is affected by the pandemic. So, um, so there's a whole chapter on that, you know, just the views, how you can still open your mind to travel and, you know, not letting, not letting preconceived notions stopping you, all that kind of stuff, fears. I mean, fear is what stops us. And so breaking through that veil is so important in taking the steps in order to achieve and manifest what you want. Yeah. Manifest what you want. And again, it comes back to that whole manifesting and, and just um, um, exploring like what makes the most sense for you on your route. Like right now, you know, we were looking at going to the Maldives next year. And the best way to go is really the best flights went through India. But is India a good place to go right now? So we're probably going to fly through Turkey and go through Turkey. But again, that might shift too. So we're using miles so we can switch those flights over. Um, but again, to the point, it's being creative and, and just being smart. Don't say the most direct route is through India. India is not a good place to go right now. And I would <laughs> forecast that even another year, it's not going to be the best place. So where potentially could be and who's most likely to allow you to fly through. So, yeah, that's, that's super important because I think where people might get mixed up is they go in with it with the binoculars, like, how can I get it on the cheap? Oh, I just fly through India. I don't even think about it and then get, then go there and then, you know, have the world kind of 
show them what's up. Yeah. yeah. You're stuck in Delhi for the rest of your life. Oh my God. I mean, like you guys being stuck in Colombia, that, I mean, that's, that's freaking stuff. <laughs> that is freaking stuff. I can't even imagine if that was like during COVID and I had to spend six months there. I honestly, I would have just started swimming and just <laughs> hope I got somewhere. And you're not saying in Colombia in, in general, because Colombia no. is, uh, is my favorite country in the world. Yeah, I love Colombia. Yeah. Just not there. Bogota is amazing. Yeah. Oh, we have the best time in Colombia. Colombia is one of the best countries in the world. I would say in the top five. Medellin, if you want to pick up the best cities in the world, Medellin is in the top five. Yeah. Without yeah. a question. The Poblado district of Medellin is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the rest, you know, where we get stuck, a different story. <laughs> it was so, a learning experience. We'll we'll yeah. talk about that. <laughs> so it definitely was. When's the next world tour? Well, we have to wait until Kayla's out of the house because there's no way in hell she's going again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, she's yeah. done. She's one yeah. and done, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. god, yeah. yeah. Well, she gets like we're going. We're taking her to Costa Rica in a week. We're going to Costa Rica for a week because uh, we got a friend of hers to go too. So. She's getting kind of lured in and she's okay with that, but you have to really dangle a super great carrot for her to go with you. Yeah. And it has to be like a it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, in writing the book, you know, so many people sit there and say they want to write a book. What was what was the what was the driving force for you to keep going through that book? Because I know that I've been writing a book forever, I've written a book, blah, blah, blah. We get to a point where like, Uh, I'll get back to it. What kept you so motivated to, to actually complete it? What was your driving force behind it? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll give you a vision of, of how long it took me. It took me two years to write the book and it, I just wrote it maybe one or two hours a week. That was it on a Saturday morning. I'd wake up, write a little bit and be done with it because I didn't want to stress myself out with a time frame or anything like that. So that was very helpful to me just to know little by little I'm inching my way. Um, so that being said, what really motivated me was that we have so much good information that we learned, uh, lessons learned, all the trials, tribulations, the fumbles, all that stuff. And I knew that it, we have such a good resource if I could put it together in the right frame. Um, and then we've, you know, we have a lot of hilarious stories that happened along the way. So I weave those stories in there. And I want to make people feel that world travel is attainable for everyone because we're not filthy rich. We didn't have a ton of money saved up, but we did a really extraordinary thing and anybody can do it no matter what your situation is. So whether you want to travel solo with a friend, with your family, whether you have this amazing income or not, you know, you have flexibility in your job. It doesn't matter. There's something out there for you. So That's there's awesome. lots of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I would say the sense of adventure, I mean, getting out of your own skin and just being able to go do it and go, go leap into that. What was the feedback from your friends and your family when you said, Hey, we're going to pack up and we're going on the road for a year. Did you wind up getting like, Hey, that's awesome. Or did you get, Oh my God, you got to think about malaria and you have to, you know, what, did you have people supporting you? And how did you, how did you deal with the people who may have not have wanted to support you? Yeah, we got, so we started making our announcement six years prior to the actual launch date. You know, Damn. when we first started thinking about it, we save told the parents, yeah, we're like, save the date. So, <laughs> so our family was, you know, excited for us, but in also very nervous, you know, for us, especially taking Kayla out of the country for so long. But they kind of put it on the back burner because they knew six years, anything could happen. Maybe we would never go. They didn't really want to worry about it and all the stuff. But as time started getting closer and we would tell more and more people because that kind of kept us accountable to our word of moving things forward. Um, we would get a huge 
like array of responses. Some were ecstatic, they couldn't believe it, and they were super cheerleaders for us the whole time. And some were horrified that we were gonna take Kayla and expose her to all the dangers of the world and take her out of school and you know all these different things. So my thought on that is don't worry about what anybody else thinks. You have to stay steady to what your vision is because there's gonna be naysayers no matter what you wanna do, no matter what you wanna manifest. And if you held strong to to your ultimate goal, then it's going to come to fruition. Going to come to fruition. When you think about, <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing both of you. This is crazy. So Scott, <laughs> so Scott, when you're negotiating with people, no, um, no, seriously. When I when I think about you know going on an adventure like that, I think you know a lot of people lose their sense of adventure. And Scott and I talk about this all the time on the show. What can we say to people from your perspective that are stuck in that limiting belief mindset that like, okay, this is what I do. I got to do this. And every once in a while I go on vacation or I have a little piece of my life. What do you say to people who right now, so many people right now are like starving to just be themselves and just to live their life and just to break free from all the bullshit that's going on. What are, what are your recommendations based on your background to help people ease into that or have a better sense of adventure uh, with themselves and their family? That's you, Scott. No, it's all you. I want to get you. Oh, me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, Chris, you know, if, if you look at my life and Scott's life together, you know, when we first, we've been together 25 years. And in the beginning of our relationship, we were both in corporate America. Um, up until about 10 years ago, I was still in corporate America, very stressed out. I had two weeks of vacation every year. You know, Scott had to pull my teeth in order to get me to go and take those va that vacation. And it, I just wasn't feeling myself. And, I, you know, I'm 48 right now. And right before my 40th birthday, I knew that something had to change. I'm like, I cannot go on living like this anymore. I am not myself. I don't know who I am anymore. And I wasn't happy. Um, and it, it showed in my family life, you know, it, I could feel it inside myself. And so I took a leap, I left my job and, and it was very scary, but no matter what you do, no matter what transition, it's always going to be very scary. It's when you keep stepping towards the fear, you come through the veil and to the other side. And then it was like, I couldn't believe that I waited so long. You know, there was all this happiness on the other side that, you know, I was so elevated, my vibration, you know, my vibrational level was so much higher and I was doing what I love to do, my passions. And so I would, I would say just stepping towards the fear, inch by inch is gonna get you through that veil and you will get to the other side. So just a yeah. little, little thought <laughs> and all, all three of us you know if you've listened to you know chris or i we say the same stuff all the time about you know our jump stories and we have the same exact things and it really is just jumping and when you look back it's always fun looking in hindsight and watching all the signals the universe gave you and those moments where you're you know your boss said something you're like they're so mean they're an ass it's like they had to do it because i wasn't taking that step or the yeah. train track that came down and you didn't get the proposal in on the time you're like mm -hmm. what are the odds like literally the universe is working for us when we finally say i'm ready to commit the universe will actually shut everything down and force the jump for you if you say you really want it so yeah. if you're sitting at the edge going help me jump the universe will casually kick you in the ass and put you in the air but you've got to ask for it with true intention and it will mm. happen every time and once you're in the air as chris says all the time you're going to get your bumps and your bruises you're going to wonder why the hell did i do this for a little bit but it won't last that long as long as you stay true to what yourself is, you know, trying to do. So 
Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now I want to shift gears a little bit since I got you both here and people I'm sure would be wanting to know this. Uh, talk to us about being on the road for a year as a married couple, communication, stress, things are going on. How did you guys navigate that and be able to keep you know, the open lines of communication, honesty, and mutual respect through this process? I'm sure there must have been a few times. Talk to us about that process because I imagine like if my wife and I said we're going to go on a world, you know, a trip for a year, we would have to really seriously say, okay, what are we going to do in this situation? You know, if this, that, plan that out. Did you guys plan that out? Or what was the, what was the strategy for you guys making sure you didn't kill each other? <laughs> do you want to answer or you want me to? Um, uh, <laughs> we didn't plan at all. And we'd go, Dave, like, like a couple things for me just to get out of her face. Like we were at, at one place for a, a long period of time in Chile. Um, I signed up for a gym and I literally would just get the hell away from everybody and go to the gym. You know, the same thing I would do at home. It was my meditation. Um, there were times where her and Kayla would just walk out of the house just to get away from me. Or there's times when I'd go walk, like there were times you just had to walk away and no one's even asking questions. Like as long as the other one's not there, just being human. So, <laughs> you want to elaborate on that? Giving that space. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I'll, I'll say this, if you are wanting to travel and you think that your problems are going to go away when you travel somewhere else, they come right with you, right? In a smaller so, space. In a smaller space <laughs> without the resources that you're familiar with and the support system that's there for you. So with the three of us really only had each other and we didn't, we, we had to hash things out right then and there because we had no space for it. So it was very challenging. It's challenging to, you know, people that have gone through quarantine know how challenging it is to be in a house with everybody. 24 by seven and and we were traveling we never were not with each other so giving some alone time is absolutely imperative i'd wake up early before scott and kayla would wake up i'd go for a run i'd meditate whatever it was that i needed to do and then they would do their own thing you know kayla really couldn't go off on her you know by herself because she was young so we would just let her be in a room for a while, you know, doing art or whatever and not bother her. So it's those types of things that you have to incorporate into your travels. Otherwise you will lose your mind and you might get divorced. <laughs> uh, well, I'm yeah. glad you guys, I'm glad you guys asked, answered that. I was debating on whether or not to ask it, but I figured people were sitting there thinking, okay, how do we do this? We don't get along in our own house and we're going to go out there. But I would yeah. imagine did, let me ask you this question and be honest, when you came back, did it make, did it continue to make you a cohesive tight family or did you kind of go back and go, Whoo, okay, but separate parts, separate things. You know, what was the, what was life when you returned back to home? Yeah. Well, you know, we honestly only had maybe nine months of normalcy and then we had quarantine. So it, it was like amazing training for quarantine. We're like, yeah. this is nothing, you know, like we could be <laughs> home together and we have our whole house instead of like a small, you know, an apartment or whatever, you know, like a, or a hotel room, you know? So in that sense, we would, you know, that part, you know, we were, we were still together a lot, but it's nice to be able to have, um, when you come home to be able to have others to rely on, you know, we have a big network of support in, you know, in our hometown as well as nationally in the US. And so it's really nice to be able to rely on other people as well. We relied on each other, just the three of us for 365 days. And that's a lot of, um, a lot of responsibility, you know, to be able to hold that space for, for people. 
Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna have another question for you. Just a second. I just want to acknowledge everybody. What's going on? Patricia says, hello, such a beautiful sharing. Thank you so much, Patricia, for spending your time here. Robert, as always, you are very verbose, brother. So I will go back and read these a little bit later. Hey, we got Brian Kelly in the house. What's going on? He says, this is Brian Kelly. Of course, I know your reach for peak, dude. Thank you so much for being here as well. We've got Andrea's in the house. She says, absolutely. I'm not sure what you said absolutely about. Um, Nelly's in the house. Howdy, peeps. What's up, Nelly? Quick ass Nelly's in the house. Um, and then, uh, Andrea says, everything happens to us, happens for us. Yes, yes, yes. We talk about that quite a bit, um, on the show and everywhere else. So thank you guys for being here, spending your Friday night with us. Um, uh, shit. Now what was my question? <laughs> See, that's what happens. That's what happens when you start doing those Let's things. See, um, we go. We, you, you were coming off of, we were talking about the family. We were talking about how do you guys stay together and you know, keep cohesive. And it was probably a follow-up and flow to that. Or I can throw mm -hmm. something at her. Throw it. Throw it. All right. It'll come back. It'll pop back in. I'm not so, drinking, so it'll, it'll pop back in faster. So let's go to like a couple of the questions. So so we were able to not kill each other. That's fun. That was that was really nice. Um, let's talk about some of the like the unsung hero places that that were visited because a lot of people are like, I want to go to Paris, I want to go to you know Tokyo, I want to go to London, I want to go to wherever, you know, the places everyone thinks when you think of dream destinations, you know, whatever you can win on Wheel of Fortune and at the end of the show, that's where people want to go. Yeah. So, but, but realistically, both of our probably top three, four or five are places that people don't typically go. Talk about some of those and why they were so amazing. That's a great yeah, one. I think our top places we kind of stumbled upon, we didn't even have it on our radar. So one of them was Sri Lanka, some like a, a you know, friend, a, a Facebook friend, connected with Scott somehow and said, oh my gosh, I'm in Sri Lanka, you need to come. And, and he found a great flight. So we ended up going to Sri Lanka. It ended up being one of the most um, unbelievable countries that we visited. The people were so endearing, really engaging and interested in, in talking and connecting. The food was absolutely fabulous. Amazing. It was beautiful. We surfed and we had so much fun. It was really a, a, a really large experience. Another place, and Scott already mentioned it, was Poland. I wasn't expecting to mm -hmm. absolutely love Poland. And it, mm -hmm. Poland's beauty and charm is unbelievable. And then the history there is so deep. Um, so we, we really dove into the history when we were uh, doing a whole World War II educational series for Kayla, you know, with homeschooling. So, you know, just, you know, visiting that firsthand in, in um, Auschwitz, Birkenau. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there was just so many things. Guatemala was unbelievable. I mean, places, you know, there was a lot of places that we visited where people were very fearful of going at the time. You know, there was a lot of, you know, supposed chaos and things like that. And, and we did our research and decided that we wanted to go experience it anyway, based on risk analysis. And it ended up being incredible. How was that risk analysis done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, can, I, can I take them? Can I take four or five of them? How was, no. how was that process like for you? So, you know, we've all traveled enough before this whole trip anyway. And I'm looking at some of the worst places I know in the United States and looking at, you know, the risk analysis just to walk to a bad part of New York City or Boston or, you know, don't just drift into Compton if you're out in L.A. and, and yeah. expect that it comes out OK. You know, that's on you. So you can go to places that might be scary in some sense, but just use your brain. And so, you know, in Sri Lanka, it's 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 very interesting because they've got three major relig religions living side by side with a lot of harmony, 
but there's still a few very um, extremist people there. So even in the comfort of everything that we were doing, it was beautiful. We were in different places with different religions, living next door to each other, and we had a beautiful time. A week after we left in one of the hotels that we stayed at, where we had breakfast every morning, an extremist group blew up the hotel. So where we were sitting, would have been, would, we would have, but here's how I saw that. It didn't happen to us. And I still felt comfortable with the decision because I can sit here right now and say there were 10 people in Austin killed in the last few months walking down the street in 6th Street, which is mm -hmm. a tourist place. So we can do this all day long. I'm not going, I'm going to say in daylight, in the most you know typical situation, does this place feel good? And what's the cost benefit analysis? And we're in some gorgeous places that were absolutely amazing. We're in Tel Aviv. And was it two days before, two days after, right? You know, we're near where we were, some bombs came in and actually hit the ground. But it's it's part of going to Israel. You know, it's just you go or you don't go. And we decided to go. So you decided to live your life and not live it in fear. We talked about that before. Here's an interesting question. Given the fact that it was 2018 um, and traveling all of those international destinations, how was the feedback of being an American? Because I know I had talked to friends who had traveled during that period of time. I'm like, so what was your what was your experience like going here? And like, there was this and was this and there was that. Uh, going to the, how many dis different destinations that you guys went to? That's did you come across any of that? Oh, you're an American, you're an asshole, or your your president's this or this or that? Or did you Tell come the up the with truth. anything like that? Tell the truth on this one. Well, you know, we visited 26 different countries. And in that time, we had engagements with all the local people there. They were all very welcoming. I, I could say safely say that I didn't feel welcome, you know, in any of the countries and all different religions, all different backgrounds. Um, we did very often, especially with the Uber drivers and taxi drivers, they would always ask us about our president at the time. Um, because internationally, uh, they had a different view. So anyway, they 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 maybe thought that everybody was on the same page as our president. And so, you know, that was really interesting to have those types of conversations. And that's one of the great things about traveling is to get other people's perspectives of where you're from, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we have one perspective because we're here in the U.S., but other people internationally have different perspectives of us. And I thought that that was really enlightening. Yeah. So you could be at a restaurant with a waiter. You could be at an Uber driver. You could be, you know, talking to the hotel manager or store owner. And they would all say the same thing. And when I say all, it was crazy. They'd be like, what do you think of Trump? And, and they were waiting because they were deciding, do they, how do they communicate with you? And I'm like, we're not exactly fans. Like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you just said that. What the hell's going on in the United States? And they all said it. The one exception to the rule, there was one country who actually liked Trump out of every country we went to. And that was Israel for obvious reasons. And they were all like, Trump, yes, give us more money, Trump. So it was very interesting to, to see that, you know, because you listen to people who are at certain news stations in the U.S. Mm -hmm. saying that everybody supposedly loves him in other countries. Absolute bullshit. There's not one person. And in fact, a few years before, do you remember when someone came up and hugged us in Paris when Obama got elected? Yeah. People ran to, up to us. People ran up to, to us and they said, on. yeah. So the world is reflective of not what our illusion is in this country by many. So. Mm -hmm.
I love that. And I did not lead that question by telling you what my other friends had said, but it was exactly what you said. It was literally like exactly word for word, almost like, oh yeah, they would say, oh, you're American, huh? So, you know, what's going on? And they would find out, you know, whether or not the person was or was not a, a supporter and, and having conversations from that point. But it was like, a lot of that was like, what's going on? You guys are like a reality show. And uh, I was just laughing because I'm always curious because you guys know me. I mean, the fact that we're all the same in the fact that, you know, no matter whether you're white, black, tall, short, fat, gay, straight, and Republican, Democrat, whatever fucking label you want to put on it. And you guys experience this going around the world. We're all more the same, way more the same than we are different. Wouldn't you guys agree? I mean, over 20 countries, did you see any dissimilarities in the fact that we're all human beings trying to have a really great life and take care of our family and get out of this world without getting fucked up in the process? I mean, doesn't that homogenize it? That That is exactly the baseline is that everybody, wherever we went, the bottom line, no matter what religion, no matter what color, what belief, they all want to be happy and they want to have happiness for their family. And that's the bottom line. And the nicest people in the world, and we documented this too, just had an a experience, some type of collective trauma. And what I mean by that is like, you know, Pol Pot in Cambodia, you know, all these people were killed in the killing fields. You can go look up how that happened. People were taken out to farms and killed. And if you didn't follow orders or whatever, you're going to be killed. So um, long story short, that was so fresh in these people's minds that they're living a life of freedom without that tyranny, that when they're walking around talking to you, they are alive. Like, like they're eating something. You give them a tip. You take a minute to talk to them. They're with you full presence, like nothing I've ever seen. We saw some of that in Vietnam too, which is a little more distance, but they still had the same mentality. And Sri Lanka had some issues before we saw the same thing. The place that had the most recent trauma and came out of it, they had built that foundation based on gratitude, which we always talk about. And man, could you collectively feel it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but even in our country, every time we have a big thing happen and we come together, that's when we're at our best. It's almost sad that we can't just say baseline of gratitude, no one needs to suffer. And, and that's what we saw consistently. Mm -hmm. People who had recent trauma, most beautiful humans on earth at this moment. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be able to recreate that for everybody because gratitude is the answer. It's 1000% is 1000%. Patricia says, I love my Cam Cambodian family. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Patricia. Um, so I'm going to shift gears here for a second because I happen to know that you are into let's, what do we call it? Yoga. Yes. Uh, you're a master. I don't, I'm not sure what your, what your title is, but I know that you teach yoga. So this is something that we've been going through with help heal humanity. And we've been hiring pillar directors and one of the pillar directors. And I'd actually talked to Scott about this was for yoga and, and interviewing these people who teach yoga and who have been around yoga. I personally was blown away because I thought yoga really was okay. You do this move and you hold a warrior pose, you know, you're doing all these things and it's kind of just like an exercise, but in talking to all these different people from dynamic backgrounds, there is such a culture diversity and a perspective on yoga that I was kind of blown away on it. What was your experience in going to different countries and perhaps, you know, entertaining, engaging in yoga and and learning that what was that for you? Yeah, you know, I, so I did teach, I do teach yoga and, and we teach yoga retreats all around the world. And so when we were traveling, I, I had the opportunity to teach several retreats and also take classes in different countries to see different styles and perspectives internationally. And it was so fabulous. I mean, the, the baseline of yoga, the thread was, you know, across the board was, was almost identical as far as really just being able to be more centered, 
to bring more peace into your life. It wasn't about striking poses and it wasn't about the workout or anything like that. It was more about tuning into yourself. And I just love that experiencing it internationally. And then teaching it internationally was so amazing as well. I had the opportunity when we were in Chile, we were in a particular small town for close to eight weeks. And there was um, a rec center right down the street and they had yoga. So I, I started taking class there and the teacher found out that I was a yoga instructor and she had me come up out of nowhere and teach the class in Spanish, which I know very little of. And so just like that experience of, of, um, of me trying to make my way through a foreign language made me appreciate how when we are in the United States and people are trying to develop their own language, you know, English, let's say, as a second language, how challenging it is. I mean, it totally flipped my mind um, as to as to the new respect that I have for for people just trying. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trying. Don't get me started on trying. We're all trying. <laughs> We're all trying. Holy smokes. It's been 52 minutes of conversation about your book and travel. Um, final thoughts and final questions. What would you like most for the viewers and the listeners of this podcast and the show to walk away from, to really take everything that we've talked about tonight and, and embody that and potentially employ that in their life, whether it's a world tour or whether it's just a, a simple vacation, you know, here in the United States, what advice would you give people to go um, to really live their life? Yeah. So, you know, I, and you can find this in the book, but I'll talk just a minute about it. So for me, anytime that I want to manifest something, if I want it to be, um, you know, abundance in whatever form it is to come into my life, I start by just imagining what it is, just sitting, maybe closing my eyes, thinking about it, kind of a general visualization of, of what it would look like if it was manifested. And then I move to visualization. So where I really see the details, like it already happened, you know, like it's, it's already existing. And when you start to do that, you plant the seed in the universe because the universe doesn't know what's real and what's dream. And so if you plant that seed in your mind, then things start to roll into place and out of nowhere, it just manifests. So you don't really, once you start to visualize, you don't need to worry about all the little pieces and details, all the steps um, and, and experiences to get to that manifestation. The universe will provide that for you. Um, and it might show up in what you don't think is, you know, what you didn't expect, right? You, you All of a sudden you're redirected or derailed on a different path and it's because you asked for something and the universe is saying nope take this path and get to get to it so it might not be the way that you think that you're going to arrive at that final goal but but the universe takes over so just starting to imagine and then visualize is really the best way to plant the seed to actualization i love that i love that what would you add to that mr scott no i agree and and honestly the the simplest way to do it is is visualize how you want to feel like in other words if you want to travel and you want to be free and you just want to like be in mountains and you want to be in don't start picking like the specific set of mountains don't say i have to be in the swiss alps or i have to because you start trying to tell the universe like exactly it about mountains do you like the free do you like like the time of year visualizing you guys all out. You guys still there? I'm yeah. here. Can you see me? Are you here? Sweet. We're all here. I'm, We're all I here. think so. <laughs> I think I'm here. But yeah, We're just let here. the universe take you there. there so 
You got to trust we, the flow, baby. You got to trust the flow. Ellie says, what's up, Ellie? Ellie's from the UK. She's like, wait a minute, Ellie, isn't that like nine hours ahead of time? Isn't like the middle of the morning? She said, did you go to the UK? We did. Yep. We spent some time in London and, um, and moved north to Bath a little bit. Yeah, it was a great wow. experience. Yeah. I've been to Bath. That was crazy. Six sixteenth, seventeenth century stuff. I was like, "What the?" Yeah. yeah, I was blown away. I was not. I was not an architecture person or a historical person, but I have to admit, going to Bath, I was blown away. I was like, "Wow!" People used to walk in this area, and this dude. It's like, and it made me think about like, you know, our Southern California is going to be Bath one day. It's like, oh, you guys actually drove cars on the street. Oh my God, this is yeah. archaic. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, so we have a couple of places to get a hold of you. Of course, always we can get a hold of you at uh, www.meditationmother.com. Is that correct? That's right. But you know, just a little, if you don't mind, Chris, a little plug for the for the book and for a, a little yeah, sure. um, project that Scott and I are working on. So the book that came out is called Just Plain Crazy, like the airplane. The Ultimate Guide to Affordable, Adventurous World Travel. If you want to really start to dive into potential opportunities when it comes to travel or living your dreams, this is an excellent resource. You can find it on Amazon and there's paperback and the Kindle version. And then from this book, Scott and I have a website that's called JustPlainCrazyTravel.com. And it's an excellent resource. It talks about what to pack, how, where to go, how to find travel deals, all these amazing resources totally for free that you can hop on and tap into. We have a blog where we write about travel tips and print things like that. And so it's a great resource to start planning your travel dreams. Love it. I love it. I love it. I put the post in here for your book. Guys, go there and click that bad boy and go Figure. Oh, oops, oops! I was just—I was mid-thought, and I was like, "Oh, there's another." We didn't. Uh, they were—they were closed. The baths at the time were oh. actually closed when we were there. We were yeah. thinking of going to them. I forget if it was there was some like graduation or something. So for some reason, we didn't get there, but we did go see everything that was going on, and well, we didn't get in there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Patricia says, "Fabulous book and congratulations!" Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, so much for Patricia, Patricia Thank for being here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this unfiltered experience. I'm going to place you backstage here, Kim, for just a moment. And of course, we can get a hold of you there um, at uh, the Instagram as well. And then we have, um, let's see, we have IG. And then, of course, IG also, you have uh, just playing crazy travel as well. So, all the different places where you guys can get a hold of these beautiful people and uh, pick their brains and potentially even travel together. Who knows? Maybe we'll just make a world travel kind of thing. Um, so, yes, 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 yes. Kim, thank you so much for being here on the show, sharing your brilliance, sharing your stories of you guys going around the world. I'm absolutely just, uh, I'm like inspired right now. I'm like, okay, when my son gets to be, um, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, let's, where can we go and what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. So much fun being here. I really appreciate both of you. You my are welcome. meditation mama. Bye. I'm going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Scott. So I got to ask you a personal question. How was it like yeah. to have your wife on the show? Because I was, I was thinking, I've had a few people say, you know what, you, you and Chris, you and Scott should have, you and Chris. Um, some people, sometimes people call me Scott. You and Chris should have your wives on the show. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe that'd be kind of fun. So uh, how was that for you? Oh, it's fine. We're, we're, yeah. we're always like, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, like we traveled together. Like we were literally like, I mean, like this close, like you can't hide. So once you've been that connected to a person, 
the, the one thing that, you know, we talk about all the time is complementary nature of relationships. And we know what we're good at. And we are really self-aware enough to know this is the value I bring. This is the value you bring. And mm -hmm. so it, it's like anything we do, we fall into natural roles where I'll do this part. She'll do that part. So it's pretty just very natural. Feels very natural. natural. That's beautiful. Um, Robert says here, he says, thank you, Christopher, Kim and Scott. Uh, I love Friday night time. Uh, it's Thanks, very Robert. well spent in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Scott, I want to ask you kind of the same question that I asked her. Cause I think that's, I think it's important. The travel thing is, 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 is brilliant. I love that part, but for so many people that are watching this, that are just so afraid to get out of their own skin. And we talked about fear and, and that, and that, that the fear of what might happen. What are your recommendations for people who are struggling with that fear right now? There's a lot of different ways we can go with it, but just fear in general, fear of life, fear of what's next, fear of all that other stuff. What would you say to people right now to get them past that and just to really enjoy the moments of their life? I'm going to say the exact same thing that you probably would. And we've referenced the book a million times. And, you know, we talk about the top five regrets of the dying. Here's the deal. Anytime you're thinking, should I, or shouldn't I just put up both hands. If I do this, are, these are all the things that can happen. If I don't, these are all the things that could happen. Then put that away for a minute and sit on your deathbed in your mind. You're about to commence your spiritual existence. So here you are. Do I honestly believe that I'll regret not doing this? And if you even have a hint of the answer being you'll regret it, then do it. It's that simple. Because if you're saying, I don't know if I can, I, you don't understand my life. You know, you guys are different and you're coming up with all the blah, 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 blah. Forget all of the stuff. Like Kim said, all the details, forget all the details. You're sitting there about to pass and you ask yourself, will I regret not traveling with my family at this time in my life? And if you can honestly say the answer is no, then move forward and don't do it. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're inside going, Holy shit, he's right. Oh my God. Then you start thinking like that, then shut the hell up and find a way to do it. End of story. That's it. So, so, so true. I was talking to somebody the other day, like, I'm afraid I'm never going to see a beach in my lifetime. And I said, well, if you don't start getting the fuck on the plan, then you're not going to see a beach in your lifetime. What is it that's going to take for you to see a beach? Well, I got to do this. I got to do this. I said, are you planning it? Are you doing it? Are you getting off your ass and doing it? I just did an Instagram reel on trying and I did a meme on trying. I'm like so sick of people saying they're going to try to do something. It's like, you're to your point, Scott, it's so brilliant. Like look to the end of your life. Are you going to regret not doing that? You know, are you going to regret not seeing a beach and regret not traveling and getting out of your own fucking hometown? There's so many people that haven't been out of their hometown. It's like, I mean, if that's your thing, then so be it. But, you know, go out there and live your life, guys. I mean, moments are so amazingly precious. Um, I've heard stories. I've had two friends this week tell me about their diagnosis with cancer. I mean, life changes in a fucking instant. If you yeah. want, if you have dreams to go live, like, 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 um, Kim said, you know, manifest them, dream them, put them down on paper, get with your partner, get with your family, see what you could do. Even if it's just a 10 day camping trip, whatever it is that you guys can do to get out there and live life and experience the adventure that we so often lose as children. Those are my final thoughts, man, is just get out there and live life, go experience the world and really see it through the eyes of the fact that we are more the same than we are different. I'm so happy that you guys said that so many people were so welcoming because at the end of the day, I truly believe that Scott, and you know that we all do is the fact that when we can sit there and put aside the, the quote unquote differences and really achieve the goal, the mutual goal of what we're trying to do, like Kim said, you know, take care of our families, have a good time. You know, it's amazing what the world could become for our kids. So yeah, my final thoughts. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. And the world is literally ready to receive us the way we are in our hearts. The, the world is tired of the brazen nature of certain politicians, all politicians and the behaviors that aren't very loving. And so the world's waiting for us to love more and just go out and do it. That's it. They're That's not very loving. Can I rephrase that? They're <laughs> not very loving. 
They're fucked up. No. There you go. <laughs> yeah, baby. I could cuss on this show. No. All right. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here on the unfiltered experience, whether you're live or on the replay. Again, if it's a replay, go ahead and comment on there. We'll come back and answer your questions, but please, please, please go click those links, go buy the book. And most importantly, go out there and plan your vacation, your life and go live it and love it. We'll be here next week. We love you guys. Stay classy. Stay unfiltered. Hey, Chris, you got to cancel the show there, buddy. <laughs>All right, that's funny. I clicked out of it, but I actually closed it. Fucking dumbass. All right, stay classy, guys. Blooper reel. Peace. The unfiltered experience.